This is the Freeology Podcast. We are your hosts, Jason Lyle. And I'm Chuck Swenson. The Freeology Podcast is about freeing your mind and your soul from past beliefs that no longer serve you. So why stay stuck? Move forward. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Freeology Podcast. I'm here tonight with my good friend Chuck Swenson. La, 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 la. <laughs> no, I'm just, I had to do something different because <laughs> the comment you made at different uh, dinner saying, I just say, hello. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because we were talking at dinner about how we, we start the podcast the same way every time and, and don't really, um, I don't know, don't really talk about our lives, but a lot of people don't know this every, not every Tuesday, but right. we either record in Griffin or we record in Dahlonega, where right. I live, yep. and we always go out to dinner, either before or after. after yeah. Usually down here we go before, right? Right. Yeah. And in your place we go after. Yeah, because yeah. we usually record a little bit earlier. And, and we like to take Donnie out to my son, who yep. lives the next town over. Yep, he's in, he's about to graduate college. He up is. There. Uh, yeah. He he ran at Truett McConnell for five years, and uh, he was the notorious four years of college in five. He got it all crammed <laughs> in, and uh, now he ran for them. And right, we would meet for dinner with him. Yeah, so that's been that's always a fun journey, and we try to ride mountain bikes together on Tuesdays. We do, we yeah. do. Uh, today was a little cumbersome for me. I didn't have the time to do that, but uh, usually we do. Yeah. So, um, we we really like sharing our lives with the audience and sometimes i think we get a little bit caught up in our guest and we kind of skip over that and a few episodes ago um, i shared my story and uh, what brought me to freeology and so tonight um, we're going to share share chuck's story and and what brought him to freeology so yeah and just in in full disclosure we actually recorded mine first and uh i kind of it's not that I didn't like it. I think I got really sidetracked in talking, and uh, this part's hard for me. This is not going to be the easiest thing to talk about uh, me and, and what I think. Yeah. Well, and, and the point here being, like, what brought us to freeology? Right. And, you know, you and I have talked recently, and we're going to do it tonight, probably not going to have time, but we talked about we're going to record an episode of well, what is what is freeology. Right. Um, but I think you and I are still figuring that out sometimes. We are. Yeah. But the most important part is, like, what brought us to freeology? And, and uh, so, Chuck, start out, I think a good place to start is our, our mission statement. It's a critical thinking that encourages positive change. Like, just kind of think about we came to that spot together kind of without thinking about it. Just we crafted that mission statement, but it's really where we already were. So in your walk, in your faith and your family and your your childhood Mm -hmm. upbringing, kind of talk to us about how you got to that spot. Yeah. I think uh, for me growing up, I was always uh, the outside of the box thinker. Um, Even though I was one that uh, definitely wanted to respect the rules um, but my mind always wandered outside. I was a daydreamer and I always thought, uh, I love the C.S. Lewis stories because I've always thought God was much bigger than just creating this earth and that's it. And, and I've always believed in other worlds. Um, and so in that, uh, and that just went through, even through my teenage years, uh, on into my adult life, always, uh, questioning status quo as to why are we doing this? You know, um, and is there, is there something better? Is there something, uh, for me, I have a very, 
uh, process mindset of, of how to process business, how to uh, run organizations through uh, more of a productivity manner. Uh, I have to work on the relationship part. And so it's very easy for me to constantly be critical and think different than what I'm seeing, mm-hmm. what I'm hearing, because always look, there's always a way to, to look and, and think better. Um, and as that, uh, not that I thought that I was better than, quote, my Bible uh, teachers in college and uh, in seminary, but their answers just didn't line up exactly. It was more out of interpretation. Well, that also opened up that floodgate. But it was also not taught to us to be to think critically, mm-hmm. to think yeah. on our own. But versus, hey, here's what we said. Let's just let's study and let's move on. It was almost discouraged in some rings. Well, in in fact, I can I won't name the school, but I will tell the story. Um, I got introduced to Calvinism, and at the time, that was just something different. Mm-hmm. I had heard about it, but I was just told that was such uh, voodoo thinking, and um from my Armenian uh, upbringing. And then uh, I met this uh, guy by the name of Shane Russell, who's a missionary over to Africa. And he introduced me to uh, coming home to grace, a book. Mm. And I read that and I go, Oh my gosh, I'm Calvinist. Mm. So I started talking about the ways of Calvinism. And uh, though I'm not Calvin today, I'm not Calvinist today, uh, everybody. So we're good. Um, But at that point, that was just the journey where I was at. Yeah. And uh, and in it, I just remember and wanting to talk about it and wanting to get people's ideas and thoughts on it. And the dean of students came up to me and said, hey, you can believe that. I'm not going to tell you what to believe. You just can't talk about it. Mm. So much so, if you talk about it anymore, we're going to have to excuse you from the school. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was like, okay, gotcha. Well, of course, that <laughs> that just strikes for me going, I got to dig much more into this. Right. And um. But full swing, full circle. Uh, but that's my personality. That's how. Uh, whenever um, we were, I was teaching Sunday school in a Baptist church, and we started teaching about the Old Testament. And started teaching about the feast, and uh, the Scripture says, "And this shall never end." Well, we don't do it no more. So, it, and next thing you know, I'm down in a Messianic church, yep. learning about the Jewish ways, and 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 through a a belief in Jesus being the Savior, uh, and what's what's called Messianic. Uh, Christianity, Messianic Jews, mm-hmm. as they are Jewish people who believe that Christ is the Savior. And so once again, it, it, because that's that's who I am, I'm all the time venturing, wanting to know more, wanting to know deeper, knowing that as simple as life can be, but yet to write it off as just to believe what someone else is to believe, that's not, that's not being simple. Um, and we might edit this, that's just being stupid. Mm-hmm. And not thinking for yourself. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and that's just always been a part of who I am. And as uh, time went along, uh, I entered into your world and was introduced to you back in, we, we've talked about that in other episodes. And I still remember going up to Safe House, a Safe House Coffee. Yeah, mm-hmm. Safe House Coffee. And you're the pastor at the time. And you started having these conversations. <laughs> I go, oh my gosh! I go, this joker is out in left field, which I like it. I mean, it's kind of right up my alley. But at the same time, I've already been kicked out of a church. I've right, I literally, yeah. I got excommunicated out of a church and got kicked out, and um, or should I say, church discipline, yeah. because I wouldn't run hook, line, and sinker with everything they said to do. 
I just remember going either A, we're both going to get kicked out or B, it'll just never come out. And uh, we'll just have our, our little secret of, of when I say secret, just believing a little bit more than just taking the Bible literally as the infallible word of God, but versus a book of truth, a, a book that does have uh, life abiding uh, scriptures or truth to it mm-hmm. to where you can live life out with man and live at peace with man. Mm-hmm. And so, um, yeah, that's kind of where I'm at. That's kind of what brought that about. Yeah. Those, those, I remember some of those conversations and, and I've had some of those, um, well, now that I'm not a pastor, it's a little easier, you know, but back then it's like being a closet heretic, you know, you, you, <laughs> you have all those conversations and, and sometimes I, I remember saying to you and nobody knows, I believe that right. you know, it's because it's, it's uh, to, your belief system determines Paycheck. your position yeah, yeah your paycheck so so talk a little bit chuck about your your upbringing uh you were a foster kid and right. eventually adopted and the reason why i'm tying that in is because i was adopted and and we both end up on this this journey right, right of searching for spirituality talk a little bit about that because I, I do feel like that our need to know something larger than ourselves on a different level than just what somebody tells us stems from our, our childhood. Right. And, uh, and I, and I know we've, we've might've repeated this before, but just because somebody says something, uh, when you walk the lives that we walked and walk through some of the trauma we walked through, you just don't believe it. You don't believe it at face value mm-hmm. and kind of like the Missouri sh- uh, slogan, the show me state, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and you're right. And, and for me, it was growing up, uh, in a household, even in my foster and, and, and once adopted household of that more authoritarian, uh, outset of a dad. And, uh, and he taught me a lot and he taught me a lot of good things, but he also, to me at the time, that's what, how I identified who uh, God was to me. My creator was through the image of, of, of a man that was my dad and realizing that, um, I really didn't want any part of that. But yet I'm drawn to it, mm-hmm. and so there was a there was conflicting message even within me of of um, questioning that, of knowing there's got to be something bigger. I mean, I I look out at creation, and understand there's a design, intelligent design behind this. Mm-hmm. But yet to say my loving father and my only picture of my father is the one that was abandoned me drug dealer and all that to the one that adopted me that because I slept in past seven o'clock came in there to literally kick me out of bed because Mm -hmm. I slept in too late, you know, and you know, those are the things that you struggle with. And and you guys can't see me, but I got this weight scale (laughs) uh, going back and forth. But, uh, you know, that's the struggle that that when that's how you look at things. And I love a statement you said earlier tonight as we're having coffee. Um, It's not my fault that that is where I was at. But the question is, is what did I do with it? Yeah. You know, how did I react to it? How did I, how did that in return, what came out of me, what, what was produced? And that's where the choices came in. And my choice became an exploration. Like I said, I was a daydreamer, always just explored in my thoughts. And as I got older, that got squelched because I was told you're not allowed to do that no more. You're, you're a young man. You know, you, you, you need to just fall in line and, and do these things. And and in some ways, it's easy for me to do because I don't like to be in trouble. Right. I, I really don't. Um, as much as I was a daydreamer, I didn't like being in trouble. 
Um, part of that is I, I watched my twin brother get in trouble quite often, mm-hmm. and I said, mm, I'm good. But it also squelched a side of me that I couldn't express, mm-hmm. you know. And um, and so, yeah, I, th- I think uh, being adopted, I think r- going through the foster home of the uncertainty unknown just kept that at bay because you didn't want to share that either. You know, I didn't tell people about uh, I'd go in my backyard and my dog little bit was battle cat and I was he man. And right. I looked nothing like he man, right. you know, but I had a very creative mind. But to go share that with people, I, I just I never did those things because it was just uh, wasn't coof, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, I, I think, too, and I'm speaking for me now, but it's like so many times in life, the rug was pulled out from under me. You know, what I thought was real, it turned out was not real. And then you would have authority figures that would say, I think what you're getting at is they would say, because I said so. And then you would do it because they said so, but it was never quite good enough. And so I think that's a bit of the drive to know God on a deeper level. Yeah, It's like, it can't just be because I said so. Yeah. And that that reminds me, um, I went to a, uh, a weekend conference and, um, and people, they're talking, they're listening. And this one guy who, yeah, he listens to you and he's um, examining you and everything. And um, he came up and, and he says, you know what your problem is? <laughs> of course, you always love that statement, right? <laughs> and I said, uh, no, enlighten me. You know, but I'm thinking the whole time, like, okay, who are you to tell me? He goes, uh, you're half done. He said, you're not complete. I go, what do you mean not complete? He goes, that's how you believe. He goes, you don't see yourself as a full person. He goes, why is that? And I'm looking and I'm going, what? You know, what is he talking about? He goes, you don't live a full, complete life. And the reason why is, he goes, there's a reason why, and I don't know it, but you do. And we're thinking through, and I said, because I've always been told I'm half-ass growing up. And he goes, exactly. And he goes, what's that other half that evidently you have squelched? And it is, it's that that side of me that, that it's okay to think for yourself, to think critically for a better outcome. That's so funny, man. I, you know, and I've been meaning to tell you this for quite some time. We'll edit it out if we need to. <laughs> but you, that, I think part of you that you have squelched is is your adventurous side, right? Right. Because I have watched you in the past year and a half go on some adventures. I watched you climb a rock wall last weekend. That I, <laughs> or last week, I didn't think you were going to go up, right? But you're so happy when you do that. But those adventures sometimes, and I get this because I know you're busy. But sometimes your adventures are the first thing to go when you need to when you need to do something else. It's right. like that part of you, somewhere along the line, got you know that's well half assed. That's half assing it. If you right. run off and go play in the woods, you're being a half ass. You need to drive as hard as you can. Right. That's really strange or neat that you said that because yeah. I think that's very true. Yeah. That's actually a story I haven't shared with you yet. I you? know, man. I learned something new right here on the air. <laughs> right here on a, on a re-record podcast. <laughs> <laughs> and so, um, so yeah, I, I think as, I, as I've gotten older, you, you know, and kids, <laughs> kids very much, and marriage, both, bring in an aspect that you never saw, or at least I never saw coming. Mm-hmm. You know, and one it showed me that I'm actually a very selfish individual mm. and I didn't realize that. Um, cause I always just gave, gave, gave of myself, gave of my time. And, um, and, but didn't realize that, um, because of that, I actually expected things in return. Yeah. So it wasn't true giving. And so I actually had to learn 
because it was not taught to me by those that raised me, what unconditional, selfish, I just give of myself love looked like. Mm. Next thing you know, this uh, wife comes along who I just reminded her the other day, I had no intentions of ever getting married. And, um, and literally I had my life planned out and marriage was not in the process of it. I dated very little in high school Mm -hmm. and, uh, I just wanted to to go off and do, uh, Marine Corps, CIA secret, all that stuff, man. I just, I love that stuff. Mm -hmm. Wanted to do that. And then, uh, didn't work out. And then in the process, um, Anne-Marie come walking across a room. And then when I saw her, all that was off the table. And I looked at the guy beside me literally and looked. And I said, now there is a woman that a man should desire and want to marry. <laughs> and she goes walking across and um, didn't know her. Yeah. Not met her yet. And so, and we got to meet each other. And, you know, 20 now, if you count that time period, we're 30 years later and five kids. So, yeah. Yep. And so, uh, so yeah, so once again, by marrying though, it exposed things by having kids it exposed things, but I was also raised in a way you do it because I said so. Mm -hmm. And I first started that way and, and raising my kids and seeing it that way and, and locked in to not thinking freely. But once again, if you're not careful, what, what you're turning out is a half-assed job raising your kids because you're not allowing your kids to breathe. Mm -hmm. You're not allowing your kids to think critically for themselves and to work through and to think through. Um, And and as I was learning that, especially as they moved into the teenage years, I started loosening up more, trying to figure out that critical thinking, not wanting to be that overbearing and overlording uh, dad, though I still had my tendencies to want to control. Mm -hmm. But as that started becoming exposed, well, then it opened up a whole world of, of Christianity to me that I had not realized that I wanted to explore. Mm. And that is the fact that I always felt and knew that the Bible, especially when they say the King James 1611 only, <laughs> right. Um, Cause I was there had its flaws. Yeah. You know, it wasn't inerrant and you know what? It's okay. Mm-hmm. You don't have to wig out because the things that, that you believe aren't these inerrant and totally infallible words. Right. But they're truth. And they have been preserved to level to make sure today that we can still read and glean truth from it. Mm-hmm. And so, and as I started moving towards that and moving, uh, opening up that world of Christianity, it also started making me a better parent about things that it didn't have to be absolute. Mm. You know, and, and it started making me a better employer. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just I get angry and mad because it wasn't done exactly like I said, and I would kick a box across the back <laughs> of the restaurant or something. Um, you know, it, it was it started the grace, as I would call it, started overflowing the out, and it was this it, we call it in the Christian world grace, but it's just it's living at peace with humanity, yeah, and meeting it at where it's at, and it's okay, mm. you know, and um, and you don't have to fix it, you don't got to control it. You just got to worry about you, mm-hmm. and man, how freeing that is! It, well, it, it the, the thing that I said earlier at it, it Safe House, you're talking about something I heard on the podcast today, and the guy said it's not my fault, but it is my responsibility, and that's what I hear you saying, yeah. right? What happened to you and your foster care and your adoption? It's not your fault. So a lot of those things that you were doing were not your fault, 
But when you became aware, they were your responsibility. That's right. yep. Yeah. And that's part of the freeing process. It part is. of the freeing process is, is acknowledging and coming to the fact that you're in bondage, that something is really controlling you and something is locked you in. And what is it? Mine was anger. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I truly had an anger issue uh, back during that time. And, and Anne-Marie, I think she had enough one time on a drive up to church, of all places, going to church. I still remember Dr. Howard, we're having lunch, we're at this big round table, me and about 10 others, and he comes up and he goes, uh, points right at me, and Chuck, uh, when you're done eating, you need to come see me in my office. I'm thinking, he doesn't call anybody else to his office in the middle of fellowship, you know, kind of like, what's, oh, I'm done, I'm right. done. <laughs> so we go up there and he he tells me how Emery went to him and, and talked to him. And he goes, uh, sounds like we got an issue. I had a choice right then to either A, I deflect it and I live in that. And, and, I, and I say it's not my fault or I can, however I want to say it, but I don't take ownership and I would deflect it. So at some point, acknowledging where you're held. It's got to start somewhere because yeah. we all have something that, that, that holds us down. Mm-hmm. And mine was, I didn't realize how angry of a person I really was. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize how much adoption and how much the uh, coming through foster care, coming through authoritative, how angry it made me, how uh, much watching people do things in my life that was against me made me, cause I just held it down. Yeah. But truly, I didn't. I was living it out. I just didn't realize it. Yeah. And so seeing that, uh, once again, it just it started breaking the ice. And once you get free of that, once the, the thing that held me the tightest, held me down the most in life and to be productive and to be safe, was was gone, was well, not gone, was broken free, though, mm-hmm. all of a sudden... What's to hold you back? Well, yeah, it's like when you take responsibility for it, it loses its grip. Yeah. Yeah.